Hi, welcome to the CFO Squared podcast, chats about financial and financing optimization. I'm Carl Baker. This podcast is all about business funding, success, and strategy. We're here to help you know how to finance your business. We will also talk about other financial issues impacting your business and ideas to help you succeed and advance your cause. Now let's get into the next episode. Hi there, Carl Baker here. Uh, Thanks for joining another episode of CFO Squared, chats about financial and financing optimization. We have uh, continued talking about a variety of things relating to business. We've talked about uh, business issues, financing issues. Our last episode, we talked about some accounting uh, matters that are important. I hope those that was a good list of things to think about as you navigate through your business. Today, we're going to talk about commercial real estate financing. We're going to go back to that. There are many types of commercial real estate financing, real estate loan products to help businesses uh, advance your their cause. Things like uh, mortgages, the, the very common thing that people think of is mortgages, term loans, and those term loans are broken down between fixed rate, variable rate, Uh, I'll also talk in a little bit about the fact that when you do obtain a mortgage, you're either obtaining a mortgage for personal purposes or for business purposes, or said it another way, they are mortgages that will report to your personal, under your personal name, which then will report to your personal FICO score, most likely, and or a business commercial loan that will not report to your personal FICO score. So those are mortgages, bridge loans, which are typically interest only. They tend to help a trend, help, help an organization transition for a future bigger project. Um, and, uh, those, those are, those are interesting and very powerful, uh, financing methods. There are many sources of, of financing. There are, of course, banks, hard money lenders, private lenders, et cetera, non-bank institutional lenders. Uh, uh, which is different than hard money lenders. Uh, hard money and, and private lenders are, are very close to the same thing. And uh, so again, many, many different sources. Obviously, most people understand bank financing or they understand that banks are a source of financing, but there are so many other options that are out there that are um, sometimes the right fit and sometimes not. Today, though, that's just a little introduction, a little caveat into what we're going to talk about. Today, I want to talk about financing for residential investment properties, generally single-family homes. And the reason is there are a few unique options relating to financing for single-family home investment properties. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, but I'm I'm not talking about obtaining a personal mortgage for a personal pr- uh, primary residence. I'm talking about purchasing single family homes for purposes of uh, investment properties, for purposes of, of uh, um, profit and, and uh, cash flow, et cetera. So, so when you're looking at a transaction like this, you should decide what is important to you in seeking a financing besides the obvious. The obvious is helping to procure an asset, helping to buy this home. So many people will... Uh, just focus um, primarily and exclusively on rate. What's the lowest rate? And obviously, 
the interest rate, the cost of your money is an important thing. Uh, any of my comments in this in this segment that um, are not meant to imply that rate's not important. Obviously, it is. But my comment here today is to raise awareness about the importance of taking a comprehensive view of understanding uh, a, a, a debt financing, understanding what is the right way to obtain debt for advancing your costs. So there are other things. What is the term of the loan? 15, 20, 30 years. Uh, that makes that makes a material difference in the payment. It also obviously makes a material difference in how fast you pay down the debt, and that may or may not be important to you. Uh, the monthly payment, again, if, if you're trying to manage cash flow, uh, it might be important to you to have the lowest possible payment uh, for purposes of freeing up cash to use elsewhere, or it might not be it, the, the to have a higher payment to accelerate the pace at which your debt is being reduced may be more important to you. So that's important. Um, uh, credit, understanding uh, understanding how your credit will impact the, uh, the rate structure. Fees, what sort of upfront fees are involved in financing? How fast will it take to close the loan? Um, and I, I mentioned this already, but how how fast do you want to pay down the debt? Is that important to you? Obviously, if you're paying down a debt over 15 years, then your payment is most likely going to be higher than, well, it will be. It will be higher, all other things being equal, it will be higher than a financing on a 30-year term. And, um, you know, if you're wanting to pay down your debt, then seeking something with a lower term uh, and faster amortization will be important to you. If you're wanting to free up cash, then uh, it may be better to stretch out the, the term. But uh, just understanding that. And then finally, I just, I call it hassle factor. Um, and just understanding what is involved in um, in seeking the financing and going through the underwriting and, and evaluating that. And there are certain instances in commercial loans where if if uh, if a person, as an as an example, a person may have credit issues, and that credit issue may be a huge barrier that will prohibit that person from obtaining a bank loan. But understanding, and this is a little bit of an aside; it's not really particularly about single family home investment properties, but it's to illustrate the concept of hassle factor. Um, there, if you if a person's in that scenario, then they're understanding that there are lenders out there that pay less attention to credit. They will ask for less information uh, in order to underwrite the financing. And uh, that, that turns into a legitimate way for somebody with credit issues to obtain financings. Um, of course, the, the rate, going back to the rate, may not be as as competitive, but it will be competitive for the situation that that person is in. So that's a list of things just to, to think about in terms of understanding a comprehensive and, and, and taking a comprehensive view to, um, to seeking financings. So I, I mentioned this already, but I want to go back to this or continue with this discussion. When you're borrowing, you're either borrowing against your personal name or against the business. 
If you're borrowing against your personal name, then what tends to be available for that sort of a transaction, again, come as we're talking about single family home investment properties, a conventional mortgage is will be available, just like a mortgage that you would obtain for your primary residence. Going to a bank or going to a personal mortgage broker and obtaining a conventional business, a, com- a conventional mortgage. Uh, will will be an option for you if that if that's something that you want, and I'll talk about the differences here in a moment. But as a heads up, um, essentially lenders will allow up to ten mortgages to be on your personal credit profile. Uh, so that that's that's an option. If you're not borrowing personally, then you're borrowing commercially, uh, and you're you're borrowing for commercial use. A commercial loan will not report to your to the credit credit bureaus and so that's one of the primary differences there are, that loan is also not subject to the various compliance issues and uh, authorities that are overseeing personal mortgages so then the question is well which is better i somebody might say i've just always chosen rate i've always gotten gone to a bank and gotten the lowest rate possible and they've steered me to the conventional personal mortgages. I have uh, eight of them on my on my credit profile, whatever. What is better? And I think it just goes back to that list and it depends on your objective. If you're wanting a 30-year mortgage with the lowest possible rate, and that is absolutely the most important thing for you, then uh, a conventional mortgage will very likely be the right solution for you. Many people start investing with this with this tool with access to this uh these these types of mortgages have a lower down payment requirement um and uh so it's sort of it's somewhat it it feels easier to obtain uh this this sort of conventional mortgage now there may be credit risk uh, credit issues at hand. If a person doesn't have adequate credit, then this may be a barrier to obtaining this sort of mortgage. But assuming you have the at least the minimum down payment, it's lower than commercial mortgages. But but assuming you have that down payment and you uh, have uh, have protected your credit, then this could be an op- could could be a, a a path for you. However, I just want to point out a couple of things. Be aware that it will report as a mortgage on your credit profile. That mortgage will be subject to to the various things within that credit profile and things like debt to income ratio and other matters such as uh, late payments, uh, which could negatively impact your ability to obtain credit on future personal transactions. So this, this, transaction which you're entering into for really for business and investment purposes for making money uh and hopefully also we're always i personally am always thinking about helping people by providing good uh access to housing etc but you you're doing this you're entering into this for purposes of making money and you are by like it or not you are commingling your credit issues with uh with with obtaining a a conventional mortgage. And it's possible, not necessarily always going to happen, but it is possible that you could have things within things that happen that will negatively impact your credit, your personal credit, which then will potentially impair your ability to get other things done for your housing. 
uh, for your for your personal life. It may impact your ability to obtain a personal house or a car, um, just depending on uh, what happens in that in that case. Um, so we've talked about that. Said uh, said another way, these business ventures will always be treated as personal, and may yeah, we've talked about that. May eventually impair your ability to conduct personal business. The hoops to go through in obtaining a conventional mortgage is uh, is it's important to understand that tax returns, personal income, down payment documentation, um, understanding where those that down payment is coming from, and just just the things if you if you've purchased a house for a primary residence and you've gone through this or you have actually done this for an investment property, you know that the financing. Uh, the, the, the underwriting process is, is pretty intense. Additionally, you will not be able to enjoy the benefits of asset protections and other legal matters available by setting up the investment as an LLC. So, uh, there are reasons if you, if, if you obtain this house personally, then technically, um, you're not going to be able to put that house into an LLC because you're borrowing under your personal name. So uh, there may be some disagreements there, but I'll just say uh, that technically, if you're buying the house personally and the mortgage is tied to your name personally, then uh, having an LLC as the owner of that house will uh, trigger other legal issues. But um so you you probably will not be able to enjoy those those benefits. I have to talk to an attorney about that, but uh, that's a comment. And then the only other thing I would say is that if you do plan to ramp up a, a portfolio beyond ten homes, you will you will eventually be required to to obtain commercial financing because around ten is where uh, that the ability to use commercial financing or conventional financing starts to be maxed out. All that being said, if those risks are not important to you, then it really will offer you the best rates and the best terms. Uh, if you do not want to put those, put your your property into your personal name, then you'll need to obtain commercial financing. So this is the contrast, the other option. So what does that look like? Um, well, you're you're borrowing commercially, and uh, you start to look at the various options of um, of commercial financing. That includes variable rate debt or fixed rate debt. It includes a variety of terms, uh, whether it's 15-year, 20-year, 30-year terms. It includes a variety of rates, and it includes a variety of um, options for seeking these financings. On an everyday basis, banks are known as the primary source for these loans, but there are many, excuse me, there are many non-bank and hard money options that are quite legitimate and quite competitive. Uh, just then the other, the only other thing is um, a comment about loan to value. If you remember earlier in the discussion about the conventional mortgages, we said that the down payments uh, uh, requirements tend to be pretty low, meaning that you might be able to attain a home with a 5% down payment and uh, and finance 95%, something like that. Well, commercially, on a commercial mortgage, the, the loan to value tends to be 75 to 80%. So you're needing to put down 20 to 25%. Um, now, I'll also just say here that there are, there are 
other strategies that can help you with that financing, but generally you'll, you'll have to come up with cash in some way. Then looking at what source to go to. Do we look at banks? Do we look at non-bank lenders? So here's a, here's a quick rundown on that. It's been my experience that banks do not offer 30-year fixed rate debt for commercial properties for a single family, uh, generally at all, but for a single family investment property, they will uh, they will not offer 30-year fixed rate debt. They'll offer what's called a variable rate debt, an adjustable rate mortgage, an, a five slash one arm or, or sometimes a 10 slash one arm, but it's very common for it to be a five one arm. That means that the, the loan will be fixed for five years with an annual adjustment based on the variable rate index every year thereafter. And the term of the loan will be based on a, a 15 to 20 years usually. I've seen periodically or every once in a while I see a 25-year term, but but usually it's a 15 or 20-year term. And it's competitive pricing, absolutely. Uh, that that 5-1 arm pricing will tend to be competitive. Like I said, 75 to 80%. And uh, the banks will offer, the banks will usually look for ways to make um, the relationship more global by asking, by offering more favorable rates. If you um, uh, change your checking account relationship, your your treasury relationship from another bank and, and bringing that into this into uh, this bank if you're a new customer. Um, and they'll also look at a more global, um, they'll make a more global assessment of the ability to pay. A, uh, they'll do a debt to income ratio calculation and, and, and look at personal and, and commercial tax returns, et cetera. There'll just be probably more documentation. But again, for that, you'll get a, uh, a competitive term, uh, competitive pricing, and generally low fees, et cetera. The option, the, the other option is non-bank lenders. Non-bank lenders tend to offer 30-year fixed rate debt, and that's a competitive advantage for those that are wanting to minimize the monthly payment. They're not concerned about accelerating their debt payment, but they're wanting to uh, you know, minimize the monthly debt financing. Loan to value, again, tends to be 75 to 80%, same thing. Uh, there tends to be less documentation for non-bank lenders. They're essentially going to look at the commercial property on a standalone basis. They'll do an appraisal. They'll make sure that you have insurance and they'll document that it's going to cash flow properly. They'll obtain leases, et cetera, uh, just to make sure that the, the property will cash flow. And, um, and then they'll document that you have the down payment that in your, in your bank account, they don't really care where it's coming from. They're not looking at tax returns. Generally, they're just looking at uh, your ability to your, they're looking at that property's ability to fund the, the debt service. And then there, there will be some fees, but they're really not out, outrageous there. And, and those fees can be, uh, can be absorbed by the fact that you're saving so much on a 30 year versus 20 year uh, amortization. So let's look, let's look at a quick example. What does this look like? Let's just say you're buying a home for $200,000. Uh, 
and you are um, you've gone to various lenders, and all we're going to do an all other thing being equal um, assessment. So we're going to assume all lenders are given an eighty percent loan to value offer, which is one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Now that, like I said, will vary widely with lenders, but it's generally in the seventy-five to eighty percent. Let's just assume all lenders have uh, have offered about a four percent uh, interest rate in today's environment. That the plus or minus four percent is quite common, and it just depends on various depends on where it is. It depends on your own credit, but in this scenario, let's just say four percent. Let's then say a bank is offered a 5-1 arm, 20-year amortization. That means that uh, that the monthly payment, excluding any escrowing, just the principal and interest payment, would be $970. Um, and I'm rounding there, but it'll be about $970 a month. And that will be fixed for five years. Then in beginning on the next day after five years, the variable rate, that 4% will include an index. And so if that index has changed, gone up or gone down, then that payment will be will be changed um, and will be fixed for a year from year six through year 20. Uh, uh, and and will will change as that index changes for the first five years, nine hundred and seventy dollars. A non-bank lender would offer a 30 year fixed rate. Uh, with a monthly payment of $764. So that is a $206 uh, decrease in the, in the lower, in the monthly payment, which is about $2,469 per year in savings. Um, the bank note is 27% higher than uh, the bank. The bank payment is 27% higher than the non-bank lender. Now, of course, you won't be paying down the, the debt as quickly, but you'll be freeing up cash to use elsewhere. So again, it's just important to understand, do you want to pay down debt quickly or do you want to preserve your cash to use elsewhere in, in this one particular example? So if we're looking at five years, we know for five years, the two, the two notes will be the same. 2,500 times five is uh, rounded. 2,500 times five is about $12,000 saved um, uh, per, per year um, on, on, a, on a five-year basis. That would be free for other things, or um, you know, if you then decide you wanted to pay down debt, you could, you could add to the principal in your monthly payment. So then the question is, what's right? It, and it, it just goes back to what your objective is. I think it's important, though, to do this sort of a cash flow analysis and not simply look at the rate. Um, look at the, uh, the administrative factor. Look at timing. And the way I look at a loan assessment is I, I make a set of assumptions. Um, how long will, will I or a client keep this loan? What are the upfront costs? And then I do a, a comprehensive cash flow analysis over the assumed life of the loan. I'll do a couple scenarios and I just understand payment, upfront costs, what the savings are. And I, I do all that keeping in mind what my objective is. Is it debt reduction? Is it um, payment minimization? Is it um, cost of money? You know, what is all, all sorts of things. And then I do a rate of return based on that down payment uh, because there may be very real differences in, in those things. After you, 
after you have all of your options in place and you've looked at those and you've made your um, list of things that are important to you, then you make that assessment at, based on based on those objectives. That's it. Uh, let me conclude just by saying thanks for listening. And uh, this is how I have looked at all of my debt transactions. I have had many debt transactions personally and uh, professionally with some investment properties. And this is this is the approach that I have taken and how I teach clients to look at theirs. Uh, I hear all the time about the focus on rate, and that is very important. I'm just hoping that these comments will raise awareness to the fact that there are other things to look at. It, there's so much more to look at in understanding those objectives and just taking that comprehensive approach to analyzing your debt and your cash flow financing uh, will make that decision a better one. And uh, I'm confident of that. So thank you very much. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. This concludes the latest episode of CFO Squared Chats about financial and financing optimization with Carl Baker. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Leave us some notes or comments or questions by reaching out to us via email or phone number. Our contact information is in the show notes, and we would be glad to try to answer questions, take your notes, questions, and comments into consideration for future episodes. Until next time, signing off. Thanks again. Bye-bye.